Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5-Minute Major Radio. Dave here, as always, with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Master Giovanni. Matt, how's it going this evening? Uh, it's going, to say the least. It's been uh, one of those days where we just talked about this right before we started recording, but a couple frustrating things. Uh, working from home, Zoom wasn't cooperating for me uh, at times, and then just having an off day so someone's using a power tool outside my house now and it's eight o'clock at night i don't know what that's about but i don't know just you know, today like today's just not not it's not not my day but it's just not my day uh dude this morning our apartment complex <laughs> our one of our neighboring buildings is getting the roof redone so they started that at like seven thirty this morning Mm-hmm. The trash truck came to pick up the dumpsters, which is right down by our entrance, yeah. and the landscapers were here all at the same time, and the, the landscapers threat. parked me in. So oh, they had man. to like direct me so I could wiggle my car out. So it, yeah. it's, it's been interesting. Yeah, yeah, I had some tree work going on. Uh, I love how we're just, <laughs> we're just venting before we talk hockey. I know. But, um, yeah, I had we're some tree work too, going everyone. on. Yeah, and like these guys are banging on my front door. I can't even answer the door because I'm work like I'm working at my desk. And then, like I had a I had a slight little break, and then I just wrote a note and was like, "Do what you got to do," and on stuck it to my front door. And then I went outside to do some workouts. And on the side of my yard, I see like four traffic cones, and there's just a huge tree branch in my yard. And I'm like, "Oh, I guess they did what they needed to do." So, but um. I might actually leave them a note and try and have them leave some of like the limbs so I can use it as uh, free firewood. So, Ooh, but smart. Anyway, I guess we should talk about hockey now, right? I suppose we should. We are a hockey podcast. Yeah. Um. Not not a ton of stuff to talk about after we've had a ton of stuff to talk about these past uh, couple months now. With obviously yeah. the um, the NHL coming back from the pause, the qualifiers, and now we're we're in the, the midst of the Stanley Cup final right now. Uh, we're almost in the midst of game three of the Stanley Cup final right now. Um, we'll preview this before we go into quick Flyers news. But uh, uh, if you if you live under a rock, you haven't heard this. If you don't, you've heard it. The Dallas Stars and the, Stan, the, the Stanley Cup. The Dallas Stars <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Lightning are tied one game apiece going into game three, which will start momentarily uh, in the Stanley Cup final. Minutes. Yeah, but um, again, we'll we'll tease you with that for now. But um, now we'll we'll go into our our one pretty minor topic of Flyers news, and then we'll we'll keep the train rolling as usual. So, uh, Dave, if you want to introduce this, we can just give our thoughts quick yes. and then keep her going. We teased this a little bit last podcast. On last podcast, of course, with Joshua Barber, we addressed the Flyers' key UFAs and RFAs and you know who we think they should re-sign and at what value. And, well, mm-hmm. one of those RFAs did re-sign with the team. Uh, Nicholas Aubé-Kubel signed a two-year contract worth $2.15 million. It's a $1.075 million average annual value. Um so pretty much right at where you, myself, and Josh all had him at as a perfect ideal number. Actually, yep. quite a bit less than what I had in range. I thought he'd get closer to 1.5, um, but down right near at a million bucks for two years. A fantastic, quick little, nice little bridge deal for a top nine forward. 
I love it. It keeps NAK here for another two more years and a very team-friendly contract. And that's the type of thing. Nicholas Salbe-Gubel, he's a third, fourth liner, second power play unit guy, taking a friendly deal. Flyers are going to be a contender in the Eastern Conference, especially with this flat cap because of COVID staying on for probably the next you know, three or four years. These are more of the type of deals they're going to have to get signed. So well done by NAK and his agent, and of course well done by Chuck Fletcher and the Flyers um, management team. Overall, I'm ecstatic about the signing, and I'm glad they got it done nice, quick, and early. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's not – I don't even think there's anything to say negatively about this where – like you just said, the, the the term is right. The money is even more right. Um, and then a guy like NAK is just a guy the Flyers need right now where um, he's not the biggest guy, but he can he can buzz around out there. He can get in on the forecheck, throw the body. And as a top nine forward, you can kind of slot him in any of the, I guess, bottom three lines, maybe even first line if he has to fill in for a few shifts. But, um, yeah, a guy where – Every so often, if he gets on the score sheet, whether it's a goal, an assist, uh, some maybe not some power play time, maybe some PK time, but um, just a kind of a nice utility player to have. Um, and again, I mean, the Flyers need any team nowadays needs to play physical, especially in the playoffs um, with the Flyers, like you said, again, being a contender at this point. So great signing. Um, and. That's pretty much it for the Flyers, which is kind of sad, but um, this I think this is the first piece of the puzzle uh, to fall into place for uh, these possible signings for some of the free agents, whether they're RFA or UFA. But, um, well, I mean, again, we said this last week with Josh on, just you're, you're kind of just here for the ride at this point to see what the Flyers do this offseason. Yeah, and um, we predicted it, and, and it happened, and... Uh... A quick little flyers tidbit. It was Nolan Patrick's birthday since the last time we we, we recorded. So happy belated birthday to Nolan Patrick. If you ever do listen to this podcast somehow, which would be really <laughs> cool. Um, also, to the Nolan Patrick haters, shut up. I still see you on Twitter. Knock it off. Tisk tisk. Um, but yeah, unless Matt, unless I think that's everything we've got for flyers tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this too quickly before we move on. Um, just like a lot of that exit interview kind of stuff we obviously saw um i mean carter hart has an unreal work ethic he's i think he's already said he was back to work training for next season whenever that'll start probably sometime late late december early january um Giroux had some good quotes um you can find all this on the flyers website just about how he is gonna tweak i believe it's his in-season training just to kind of stay young, as they say, because obviously he's a year, he's going to be a year older, mm-hmm. another season under his belt. But, um, I mean, like the way that the, the playoffs kind of left a little, a little bit of a sour taste in our mouths, especially when it came to the top guys performing, you just want to see them come out with even more fire next year and just raise the bar. But other than that, that's all I got for the Flyers. Yeah, I do apologize, too, if some of that noise made it on the recording. Jack has one of his, like, chewy toys underneath uh, the dining room table, which I'm recording on. <laughs> and he's, like, he's like chewing against, like, by one of the support beams. Yeah. So all I hear is this, like, this, like, rattling and knocking. Uh, but, yeah, and then also, didn't, uh, back to hockey, didn't um, AV come out? Wasn't he, like, I saw a good chunk of Flash Twitter was, like, pissed at AV for his comments that he said about Drew, but... When I read the quotes, which mistake me for not having, I do apologize for not having up, but I really found nothing wrong 
with his quotes, just the head coach saying that he needs his stars to be better. And he yeah. just mentioned Drew by name because, oh, guess what? He's the team captain. So, yeah, um, so I, I can read that quote here. Actually, I have it. It's kind of long. I'll just kind of read like bits and pieces of it. Um, but when asked about Giroux and this, I mean, it's obviously, like you said, Giroux is obviously the main focus because he's the captain. But you have guys like Jake Voracek and James Aaron Reemsdyke who are also mm-hmm. up there in age for sports, obviously. Like, yes. they're, they're in their early 30s. They're, they're elderly. very young, but for sports, they're getting old. Um, There's Jack. But he agrees with me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Vigneault said uh, there should be no doubt in anyone's mind about his Giroux's will to be successful and his will to help his teammates. I do agree that he is getting older. Uh, he's got an opportunity right now since we're in pause. The whole world is in pause to take these next months and really work at his conditioning and probably find the time to slow time. He's getting older. As you get older, the muscles don't react as quick, but you can work on that. He's going to put in a lot of time and effort. So basically, Vigneault just saying he's getting older. I believe that he can adjust to getting older, and he can still get better. So... Uh, Vigneault obviously confident in Giroux and I'm sure also confident in the other veteran players that they'll take the necessary steps to come back next season as good if not better than they were this year yeah and nothing wrong with that that's your coach using the media and saying the right things Um, I have seen a little bit of people on Twitter who are really critical of uh, Michelle Terry and Mike Yo saying why haven't they been fired yet and I don't know if they're going to be fired only after year one. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to wait and see how things pan out in that regard. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't re- – the next time we'll probably touch on the Flyers will be come draft time and yeah. um, free agency. That starts on October 9th, correct? Yeah, it's a couple weeks away. Yeah, so um, these, are... next, these next weeks, couple weeks, we'll – preview some possible targets the Flyers could go after. Again, it's going to be tough because of the cap. Um, yeah. But And then we'll obviously recap everything that actually does happen um, once the once the draft is in the books and once free agency, the free agency frenzy settles down. So Yeah, we're, we're actually two weeks away from both. The first round is on October 6th. That was two weeks as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, rounds two through seven, I believe, are two weeks from tonight or this afternoon on October 7th. And then free agency starts on Friday, October 9th, which is two weeks from Friday. So mm-hmm. getting down to the wire. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Uh, and I guess speaking of exciting, we can go right into our next topic here. The main next topic of tonight. Um, we have the Stanley Cup final, as we said earlier, um, in game Game three now, again, as we said earlier, both teams tied at one game apiece. The Dallas Stars took game one, four to one. The Lightning answered, taking game two, three to two. Um, this is, I feel like this is going to go seven either way. I don't know about you. I feel yeah. like if you can kind of boil it down to, and we'll go over more specifics, but you can kind of boil it down to if each team plays the way they did in each of their wins so far, this is going to be a back and forth battle all the way until the end. And also, I guess some more recent breaking news that just happened a few minutes ago. I don't know if you saw this, Dave, but uh, Steven Stamkos, I believe, is playing. Yeah, I know he took warm-ups. So, um, 
I got the notification from the NHL app that he's in the lineup, which I'm assuming means he's playing. And like you said, he did take warm-ups. Uh, if he does play, this will be his first game since February 25th, I believe, is what I saw on the app. So which is, That's huge for the Bolts. Yeah. I mean, you get your captain back in the Stanley Cup final. That's going to be, like you said, and the Lightning have already gotten all the way here without him. Imagine yeah. now what they can do with him. So uh, not a big deal. Just I'm just adding a 60 goal scorer in, into the lineup. You know, ho hum. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm I am looking at a lineup sheet um, on Twitter, and if I can zoom in on the small font, he is in the lineup, so he is playing. Um, yeah, they're at there. I've got the game streaming on my second monitor here. Um, and they're lining up the, and he, he, he Sam Chris is around TV. He is second behind uh, uh, behind Vasilevsky entering the ice right now as we speak. So Steven Samkos back for game three of the cup final. Breaking news. Breaking news <laughs> on five minute major radio. Well, uh, yeah, I mean we first. can true. But hey, 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 so I don't want to get on I don't want to get on a tangent here, but it's not all about being first these days. It should be more about being accurate. Yes, very true. So we're accurate. Yes, we're... Can confirm. Steven Semkos is playing. We are not fake news. Um, But anyway, we can go through these uh, these first two games if you want. You're going to know a lot more about game one than I might. I might. Well, you you definitely do because I watched bits and pieces of it. Um, I'll go first because I'm going to be very short. I was surprised to see the Stars win 4-1, honestly. Um, I knew the game was on. I I had plans with a couple of my friends that night. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't convince everyone to put the game on TV, so didn't get to watch it. And then later that night I checked and I went, oh, wow, they won four to one, like I just yeah. said, but, um, I, you figured again, the way that both these teams have played, I figured the Lightning were going to take game two and they did, um, they kind of sat on their three, nothing lead though, and kind of scraped by a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, their their big guns came to came to play. Um, Kucherov with a really nice uh, like slap pass, and I believe Hedman scored in game two as well. As the Braden point. Yeah. So again, the big guns came to play, but I mean, this is just good hockey. Like, you, you, it's a little it's a little weird seeing the and we've I don't know if um, what am I trying to say? If you've seen this, there we go. So. Um, I heard this on Spin Chicklets and I saw it on Twitter, but these are the two southernmost teams to be in the Stanley Cup final playing in the northernmost NHL city. Yep. So a uh, little fun fact there. But, I mean, again, we it's just nice as a hockey fan. I don't really have a dog in this fight. Honestly, I'd be cool with either team winning at this point because they played so well. But we made it to the Stanley Cup final, which is crazy, in the middle of a pandemic. So, yeah. At this point, we're just here for a game seven, and then we go right into the draft. We go right into free agency, and then hell, next thing you know, it's going to be December already, which is scary because yeah. it still feels like March. But um, we'll be almost a month and a half, two months away from next season already. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, you know, game one. I caught some of it. I didn't catch all of it because I was actually down at the dinosaur exhibit at the Wells Fargo Center, which was oh. pretty interesting. Pretty dope. Uh, we got back in time to watch it, but then 
we watched Jurassic Park, and I had the game kind of like on my phone at the same Stuck time. With the dinosaur theme. So yeah, you had to. Love girl. <laughs> um, shooter. Um, but no, so I was paying attention in and out to that, and I was getting the course scoring updates on my phone. Um, looking back at it, I wasn't really surprised that Dallas won game one at all. Um, Tampa just played a grueling six game series against the Islanders, whereas Dallas beat Vegas in five and they did it pretty quickly. So they had some time, they had some breaks, you know, time to rest and heal the body. Um, and Dallas just was the better team. Um, you did see some glimmers of hope, especially that third period in Mm -hmm. game one where Tampa, uh, outshot. Um, Dallas was a 23 to like two in the, in the third period. Um, so that was, you knew the way Tampa, like you found their legs, like, okay, they're going to be better in game in game two. And in game two, they came out firing really quick early on the power play brain point. Um, of course, then, you know, the headman and who else scored the third goal? I forget already. And we just talked about it. Point, uh, point, point headman. And I'm missing the third goal. For Tampa? Wasn't it Kucherov? Yes. Are you talking about game two? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, Palat. so game two was Point, Palat, and Shattenkirk. And Shattenkirk, okay. So I guess okay. they didn't credit Hedman with a goal. Well, he probably got an assist. He had two assists you know. that game. All though. right, there you go. Um, they came out guns a-blazing, 3 nothing to start. Mm-hmm. And then they... For some reason, either Dallas got better or Tampa laid off the gas. Yeah. Um, and Dallas made it a game. And it was a pretty entertaining and good game till the end. Um, you know, I think this is second to the Islanders. This is the hardest team uh, Tampa's had to face since Columbus in the first round. Um, you know, you really you saw the way Tampa handled um Jeez, who who'd they play in the second round of the playoffs already? It's, it feels like forever. I'm blanking. Um, wow, I forget too. Hold on, let me go back here. Man. Round two, the Bruins. So the, the Bruins, yeah, they they manhandled the Bruins, no problem. Um, and that just shows for it's a Wednesday for us. Um, but yeah, no, T- Tampa's facing a little bit of adversity, and that's the thing with this team that's been all year. You know, last year they were the best team like ever in hockey history, in yeah. modern hockey history. It was in the first round, as we all know. And then this year, they weren't really ever the same team, but they learned to fight through adversity and learned. They learned, like, those, the intangibles is, like, the word that gets t- thrown around by hockey yeah. men. Um, you know, that Pat Maroon signing, the the other big rig, um, was a, a key important signing. You know, he's looking to win back to back Stanley Cups. So that's a, that's an important. He's going to bring that extra, like, hey, dudes, here's what we need to do to win, you know, yeah. attitude. Um, but yeah, Matt, you're right. I think this is going. At first, I thought Tampa was going to win in six. Yeah. Um, but then I had to give Dallas more credit because just how well they played in the postseason since coming in. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it is going to go seven games. I personally am rooting for Tampa to win in seven. Before tonight, I did not care until I saw one tweet by the Dallas Stars. Oh, geez. They showed a graph of the country with apparently the majority of the country rooting for the Stars. And then they said in quotes, America's team. Oh, geez. There's another team that plays in Dallas. 
that likes to be called America's team when they are clearly not. Yes. And that is the terrible, god-awful Dallas Cowboys. They suck. Well, we also have the terrible, god-awful Philadelphia Eagles right now. Yes, that's another story. <laughs> it's not a football podcast. Uh, but when I when I hear the words America's team, I associate it with the idiotic nonsense of we dim boys and just absolute moronic idiotic fans who have to watch all their highlight reels on VHS tapes, those poor, poor souls. And I've always liked the Dallas Stars because they've thrown shade at the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I remember at one point the Cowboys tweeted a couple years ago, um, oh, and news is exciting, you know, we'd almost care if, if like the NHL was back, something along those lines. And the Stars clapped back with a picture of Mike Madonna holding the Stanley Cup and them saying, well, at least our number nine got it done. Yeah. In reference to Tony Romo. So I used to like the Dallas Stars. And I love their uniforms. Until tonight, when they broke out the quote, America's team. Dallas, you ruined it for me. You <laughs> had to bring in your your fellow city team that I despise, because go birds. Um, and now I hope you lose. Make it good, entertaining hockey. Like, I'm all here for game seven, but go but Bulls. Lose. But lose. but lose precisely but lose and i hope you lose game seven awful i hope it's a like i hope it's a really good series up until game six and then game seven Tampa <laughs> just like unleashes the lightning pun intended there on oh, you so go bolts so uh, yeah i mean that's pretty much it for that series uh game three <laughs> just started um it is about we're about two minutes into the first period um after this is over we'll We'll both be watching it. Yes. Um, and I believe, let's see, schedule-wise. Yeah, this, this uh, maybe. They play depending back, they play tomorrow. On, depending on how this all unfolds, a week from today is the possible Game 7. So I will say possibly this time next week we will have a Stanley Cup champion, but... This time next week, we could also be gearing up for Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. And if that doesn't get you out of bed, I don't know what will. Um, but like you said, Dave, we have a back-to-back situation after tonight. We have tomorrow. We have, So we have Game 3 now, obviously. We have Game 4, Friday night at 8 o'clock, primetime. Love it. Game 5, all these are primetime. <laughs> I'll just get that out of the way now. Primetime, <laughs> 8 o'clock. But... Primetime Saturday night, Friday night. Anyway, um, game four, Friday at 8. Game five, Saturday at 8. Game six, if possible, asterisk. Monday at 8. And game seven, if possible, um, Wednesday the 30th at 8 o'clock. All the games are at 8. We have a Friday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. Buckle up. The Stanley Cup will be won in within the next week. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, we're we're just here for the ride at this point. Um, I believe tonight's game is the last game that's broadcast on NBCSN. The rest of the games are on national on NBC, correct? Correct. Ah. So. So there, um, it's ultra prime time. Yeah. But all eyes, I guess, yeah. I guess you could say all eyes will be on hockey to some degree. To some Except degree. Except for sa- Saturday, college football. But other than that, I mean. And Sunday. Not- NFL. Well, they're not on on Sunday, so... I know they're not. They don't have to worry about Sunday, because obviously that's football, but... 
you know. That's foosball day. Hey, again, we're not a football podcast, but the Eagles got to get one get one under their belt here dude, playing the Bengals. Dude, if, if they don't beat the Bengals, this season's over. I'll just go straight <laughs> out and say it. If they lose the Bengals and go 0-3, that's, I mean, we're going to be a football podcast for two seconds. Everyone, right. we, we, got, we, we got time to fill the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhaegar out for potentially six to eight weeks. Yikes. Did you I see that, everyone Matt? Everyone got hurt in the NFL last week. I mean, you saw oh, it. Like, yeah. There's like at least, what, I think eight or ten big-name guys from around the league that got hurt, like seriously of, hurt, too. A lot of big Saquon's out for the Giants. He tore his ACL. Yep. Then everyone on the Gi- on, on the 49ers got hurt. <laughs> yep. And then the Eagles, Rhaegar's now, he's out. with He tore his the ligament that's like right here in your thumb. That the same ligament that uh, I'm not a doctor. Muscle, I think it's like the HCL or something. It's the same ligament that Drew Brees tore last year and he missed five weeks for. Oh. Um. So it, it's just it's like what what else could happen out of the Eagles? <laughs> I'm just waiting for the Jordan Matthews sign to be announced any second because whenever the whenever the Eagles lose a wide receiver, that man comes back. True. Yeah, I don't know, man. We're. Uh... It's it's not looking good already for the Eagles, and then no. the Phillies are. I think they're winning right now, though, which is nice. I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they're just about Probably. done their regular season. Just it's it's a dismal time for to be a Philly sports fan right now. Like literally, the Sixers are a joke, the Phillies are a joke, and the Eagles are a joke. The Union are actually good, but don't get any attention because Suck. NBC Sports Philly and the rest of the USA doesn't really care about soccer, which sucks because MLS is actually a really good product, and the games are exciting to go to. Can confirm. Uh-huh. Have witnessed it. We'll admit it. Brenna's like, give me the middle finger right now because I shit on soccer all the time because I'm a hockey player. <laughs> and we're just naturally the most tough athletes on the planet. I'm getting flipped off again, but I'm also doing this to egg her on. Um, <laughs> but the MLS is a really good product. And I wish right now in Philly, I feel like Philly sports fans could use a positive vibe besides the Flyers. Yeah. Because literally right now, the two best sports teams that play in Phil that play in Philadelphia, I'll say quotations for the Union because they play in Chester. Um, but that have the Philadelphia name are the Flyers in the Union. Um, with I'd say the Flyers overall are the best sports team in the city, which is nice. They don't, and we're not trying to brag about that, but uh, like I think us the Flyers, Flyers have the, we've the Flyers have the, the best upside. Yeah, the Flyers have the the most like like I just said that they have the most upside. I think out of all the teams right now. I don't pay attention to the union, so I don't know how how much of an upside they have. But if they're doing well, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, and, and that, they seem to be doing well. I follow them on Twitter, and their Twitter is getting a little bit of a sassy clapback game. They're like, they're tagging like NBC Sports Philly and saying, oh, "Hey, man. pay attention to us." So I kind of I kind of like that little little <laughs> sass, little sass. Um, but yeah, you know things. You know, Flyers fans, we've uh, we've been through our fair share of uh, the. The, the downs and the dumps the past couple of years. So it, it's, it's, it's nice to kind of look in the limelight as the, you know, the best team in the city. Rightfully so, because well other teams are garbage fires, except for the union. Can't throw well them on the bus. And even like the wings, the wings are back. Like pro lacrosse is back, but they're an expansion franchise. So they suck. <laughs> yeah. And I don't follow pro lacrosse at all. I probably should. Cause I probably really enjoy it being a hockey fan. And I was going to say, sports are similar. Indoor lacrosse is sweet. I definitely would want to go. Whenever we can attend a game, I would yeah. definitely go. Sounds yeah. like a great time. 
Yeah. I used when the we're getting really off topic here, but I'll say this before we move on. When the wings first were here before they went the away. OG for a wings. While, yeah. That I remember going to the, a couple of those games at the Spectrum, and they were sweet because they basically just play with turf instead of ice, and all the hockey, like all the, boards the hockey and board. stuff, are still yeah. up. So, but yeah, indoor lacrosse is sweet. So, yeah, whenever we can attend any sort of sporting event anytime soon, hopefully, um, it, it's definitely a good a good time. It'll be a great time. Tailgating and many brews will be had. True that. God, I cannot. I'm, I miss I it. I miss it so much. Twelve dollars on a beer again. I will enjoy that twelve dollar beer <laughs> so much that I'll buy another one. Exactly. <laughs> they don't know. They're. I mean, it's obviously they know how much money they're missing out on, but they're gonna get. It's gonna go. It's gonna skyrocket once people can actually go to sporting events. It's actually all right. Again, we're gonna be off topic here, but. It's actually gotten to the point where it's weird seeing people at sporting events. Like, there's, I want to say, maybe three or four NFL stadiums that are allowing uh, capacity, like, percentage capacity fans. But if you think about it, it's two. It's crazy. So, like, um, the only example that I really remember is uh, the opening night Chiefs. I think it was Chiefs-Broncos. Uh no, I forget. Chief anyway, Tex- oh, Chiefs Texans. That's what it yeah, was. Chiefs Texans. When but the it was in Kansas food, City. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're not going into that. <laughs> um, the game was in Kansas City, and I remember the stadium. They said it was twenty-two percent full, but that's still seventeen thousand people. Like, and it's just crazy that again we're off. We're so off topic here, but. Um, I can't like it's weird seeing that many people in one place at this point, especially at a sporting event. But anyway, I mean, hey, as long as I guess everyone's staying safe, but I don't think uh, who knows. But this is uh, this has been around the sports world, sponsored by um, us not having much else to talk about tonight. Yeah, that's that's definitely it. We've been around the speaking around the sports world. Do you, do you remember the, the kicks? Back in the yes. day, speaking of old indoor soccer, the kicks mm-hmm. with some the good old days right there. We could spend uh, a whole podcast talking about defunct sports franchises. We really could, because there's a whole bunch of them. Um, but I guess we can resume back to the hockey. Yeah, so all right, back to hockey. Should we? Should we? We should pause for an ad break, I guess. Then now, since we yes, kind of like stopped. Then- and then we will go around the league to wrap things up very early tonight. I mean, we figured after, you know, three consecutive weeks of hour and a half long podcasts, yeah. we could give our listeners a little bit of a break and do a nice, easy podcast. Because true, true. there's been a lot to talk about up until this week. And now we're like, cup final, one flyer <laughs> signing. Yep. That's it. So yeah. with that, we will be right back here on 5 Minute Major Radio. We are back here at 5-Minute Major Radio. Matt, why don't you take us around the league? Sounds good to me. So um, the the last batch, I believe, of NHL awards were announced the other day. And we have our winners to announce and briefly discuss. Uh, we'll start with the Hart... Oh, hold on. I clicked on the wrong one. The Hart Trophy. There it is. Oh, I, um, I got... For... For league MVP, our winner this year is the Edmonton Oilers' own Leon Draisaitl. Boo. 
he was also awarded the Ten Li- Ted Lindsay Award, so that kills two birds for one- with one stone for us. Um, but so again, the Hart Trophy is the most valuable player in the league. Um, Drysidel also won the Ted Lindsay Award as most outstanding player in voting by the NHL Players Association. Uh, he did lead the league with 110 points and in points per game and power play points. Uh, basically, top three or even the top player in a lot of aspects of offense. Um, and he had 33 multi-point games and scored at least one point in 56 of 71 games played uh, before the league pause. Dave, what do you think? That's great and all, and good for Leon Dreisaitl, but Nathan McKinnon was snubbed. <laughs> the a, the MVP award is supposed to go to the most valuable player in the league to his team. How yes. can you give the MVP award to a guy whose teammate is Connor freaking McDavid? You know, it doesn't make sense to me when there's other players, i.e. Nathan McKinnon, who if the Colorado Avalanche didn't have him on their roster, they're probably not as good as a hockey team this year. Nathan McKinnon had 93 points in 69 nice games played. The next highest scorer on the Colorado Avalanche was rookie defenseman and Calder Trophy winning, Kale McCarr. Spoiler. Little, te- little spoiler and tease there for our listeners. <laughs> with 50 points. The next highest scoring offensive player, like winger, was Andre Burakovsky with 45. Nathan McKinnon had 40-plus more points than the second and third ranked scorers on his team. Now, I don't know about you, but that screams MVP to me. Yeah. And I feel like Nathan Leon Dreisaitl won the award because, oh, he's on the Oilers, and they've been so bad for so many years. Now they've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they can win now. But it's like, I get he carried the team when McDavid was out of the lineup. Yeah. But you know, the Oilers, yeah, they don't, yeah. you know, like I'm tired. Like, of, I mean, they're still pretty. I mean, they're sub, still bad. They're still subpar. But, I won't say they're bad because, well, I guess you can argue the yes. They don't have depth is what I'll say is because yes, you have. They lack depth. They have, you have Leon, you have Dreisaitl, you have McDavid, and then the scoring basically drops off a cliff from there where I think it was last season they accounted for over half of the entire team's scoring throughout the season. And um, and even this year, I mean, it's the same thing where, like we talked about um, in earlier podcasts, basically all the Oilers had to do to be successful was stop the other teams from scoring when Dreisaitl and McDavid aren't on the ice, and they couldn't do that. And that's why they still can't really go anywhere, and they lost that qualifier series to Chicago. So... But yeah, I do agree. I think McKinnon should have won this one. Um, but also, a couple of fun facts here just to end this little segment. Um, Dreisaitl is the first German-born player to win the Hart Trophy and is the fourth Edmonton Oilers player to win the Hart Trophy uh, in good company with Connor McDavid, who won it back in 2017, Mark Messier in 1990, and the great one himself, Wayne Gretzky, won it eight straight seasons. From 1979 to 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, he's in very good company. 
Yeah, and I mean, Leon Dreisaitl did 110 points. McDavid did have 97, 97 points in 64 games. Holy shit. Um, Dreisaitl did have 110, 71. And then Ryan Nugent, got, Ryan Nugent Hopkins had 61 points in 65 games. And then it was like offense, pff, Zach Cassian, 34 points in 59 games. Yeah. Um, so I guess I see the logic behind Dreisaitl getting it. But... I mean, when you've got your second, when your second highest score is 97 points, I'm like, you know what? Okay, he's, you know, he, he had help. Whereas yeah. McKinnon really kind of didn't. So. Yes, I agree. But speaking of Nate McKinnon, we'll switch our focus to the Avalanche. And as you spoiled earlier, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I saw this. I forget who tweeted it or I saw it on Instagram, but they tweeted all hail Kale. Um, the young defenseman, Kale McCarr, the rookie defenseman, won the Calder Trophy, the rookie of the year. Um, according to NHL.com, the 21-year-old defenseman is the sixth player to win the award in the Avalanche slash Quebec Nordiques history, joining Peter Stasny, Peter Forsberg, Chris Drury, Gabe Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon again in very good company. Um, but McCarr obviously winning the award, um, leading NHL rookie defenseman in goals with 12, power play goals with four in 57 games. Um, among all NHL rookies, he ranks second in assists, points, and also had he set an avalanche record um, in a season by defenseman with 50 points. Um, and scored four game-winning goals, had a plus-12 rating, and averaged 21.01 of ice time per game, which was, which was third among rookies. Um, beat out some good competition, I believe, in Dominic Kubelik from Chicago. Chicago, yep. And Quinn Hughes, who I think was probably the other guy that I would have thought would have won um, from yes. the Canucks. Yep. Um. Yeah, I think this was the right decision overall made by the league. All hell, Kale. Uh, he's one of my favorite young players to watch in the league right now. And while he did have less points than Quinn Hughes, and he wasn't as um, offensively, you know, proud of his goal scoring like Kuba Leak, um, the difference maker for me was the fact that McCarr was used as essentially a number two defenseman, while both. Kubelik was sheltered on the Blackhawks' third line, and Qu Quinn Hughes was sheltered on the second or third D pairing um, for the Canucks. So while the other two players had fantastic seasons, they were sheltered, and their coaches used them only in the proper moments. Kill McCarr was on that top pairing, the top D pairing for Colorado. You know, he was yeah. not hidden and not sheltered whatsoever. He was said, "Go out there, kid, do your thing," and he he did it. Um, only 57 games played, obviously, due to COVID and some injuries. Um, I feel like if he had played more games this season, his points, he would have been first overall in points. Um, just because I think when, when I think of looking at Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, I just personally like Kale McCarr better. I think he has a better overall skill set and a higher ceiling. I think both of them are the future of offensive defensemen in the NHL. Uh -huh. um, but I just personally happen to like Kel McCarr better because I like the Avalanche better than I like the Canucks. I'm be biased. So there you go. Um, so we have some breaking news again. Um, oh, it's, breaking. It's, it is two one already in this game, 
And guess who is on the score sheet already in his first period back in seven months without playing? Stamkos? Yes, sir. So, um, Steven Stamkos with a, with his with a goal with his goal with a goal at 6:58 of the first period. Um, Nikita Kucherov opened the scoring, making it one nothing for Tampa. Stamkos later answered with his goal, and it is now two to one um, in favor of the Lightning. Still, um, the Dallas Stars goal, courtesy of uh, I believe it's Jason Dickinson. Yes, yeah, yes. Jason Dickin- Dickinson just scored. So, like the good old local college, Dickinson. A lot of uh, already three goals scored in the first 12 minutes and some change into the first period. So we got a doozy already. But uh, a yeah. little breaking news there, a little scoring update for the people as we get oh. back to our around the league. Before, quick, uh, oh. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the quick thing about the series that I forgot to mention when we talked about it is the one thing I like about it is this series goes from being very fast-paced and goal-scoring to like clench defensive in like two seconds flat and it flip-flops back and forth, which is yes. I think fantastic hockey. But we can go back. We can go back <laughs> to the round league. So from goal scoring to goaltending, great segue by me. We have the winner of this year's Vezina trophy as the best goalie in the NHL. Uh, that was awarded to the Winnipeg Jets own Connor Hellebuck. Um Hellebuck was the runner-up for the Vezina in 2017-18 and is the first goalie in Winnipeg Jets slash Atlanta Thrashers, throwback for the people, uh, history to win the Vezina Trophy. Um, He was second in the NHL in wins with 31, first in shutouts with six, and seventh in save percentage with a .922 save percentage uh, among goalies who played at least 20 games. Uh, He had a record of 31-21-5, with a 2.57 goals against average and allowed two or fewer goals in 32 of his 58 games to help the Jets advance to the qualifiers, but they sadly lost in the best of five to the Calgary Flames. Uh, Hellebuck led the NHL, led the NHL goalies in shots faced, facing 1,796 and, and making 1,656 saves. And was tied for first in games with Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens. So, um, well-deserved win by Hellebuck. Um, great goalie. I think he is American, correct? Yes, he is. Yes. Um, so, not much else to say. I mean, I, if you again, if you live under a rock, you don't know about him. But he's one of the best goalies in the league. Obviously, the best goalie in the league now because he just won the Vezina. Um, but... Great, great goalie, well-deserved award. Dave, oh. thoughts? Well, you, you took a lot of it away right out of my mouth, Matt, but Hellebuck oh. <laughs> deservedly so won the Vesna this year. Um, Winnipeg goes absolutely nowhere if they don't have him playing at the level he's playing. I mean, six shutouts and a 922 save percentage. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good there. Um, and he just was the bedrock of the Winnipeg Jets. A lot of people pegged Winnipeg. <laughs> get it? Winnipeg pegged. Um, yep. They you know, they they didn't have them being a good team because of all the losses on their defense. You know, they lost Bufflin. They lost Truba. They lost Myers. That's your top three defensemen. Um, and they added in guys like Neil Pionk, and um, they depended on other players in their system to be a more elevated role. 
Um, and no one thought they were going to even really be a playoff team. And here they were because of, you know, key timely goals from Patrick Lane, Blake Wheeler, and Kyle Connor, and superb goaltending from Connor Hellebuck. Um, if they don't have the goaltending number one overall from Hellebuck, they, they're, they're a lottery team this year. Um, so well-deserved. Good for Connor. He's been one of the best goalies in the league the past couple seasons. He's been one of the highly, most highly touted goalie prospects since his days when he was drafted um, by the Winnipeg franchise playing out of UMass Lowell. Um, and he was always a goalie who I always see play for the U.S. and the World Championships before um, he like became professional. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? And he was always decent. And yeah. now he's a household name. Well said, well said. Um, so on to our last award that was announced from the out from the crease into the defensive zone. We have um, Roman Yossi of the Nashville Predators capturing the Norris Trophy as the NHL's best defenseman this year. Um, Yossi is the first Predators player to win the award. And also, fun fact, he's the first Swiss-born player to win the uh, any individual league award. I think I tweeted. Hold on. Let me just double check. I texted that to my other friends the other day, and I just want to make sure I was right. Uh, give me a second. Yes. So I was right. Um, fun fact also today, no, not November, September 23rd, was declared Roman Yossi Day in the city of Nashville. Uh, so he does have his own day in his home city of Nashville. Um, this season, Yossi had career highs and goals with 16, assists with 49, and points with 65 in a nice number of 69 games this year. Um, he was second in the NHL among defensemen in each of those categories, and his assists and points were the most by a defenseman in Nashville history. Uh, he was also third in the NHL in average ice time per game, with 25-47, scored 23 power play points, and led the Predators with 108 blocked shots and a plus-22 rating. Um, Yossi's a guy where he's been good for as long as I can remember, and mm -hmm. um, the fact that this is his first time winning this award is kind of surprising, but again, there are so many good defensemen out there nowadays where um, I won't say you have to get lucky, but you just have to find a way to stand out. And he obviously yeah. did that this season. And um, he takes home the Norris. So, Dave, what are you thinking? I mean, I've loved Roman Yossi. Um, not bad for a second-round pick, although back in 2008, gold makes me feel really old. Um, but overall, a fantastic Swiss, you know, Swiss, Swiss country knife, you know, just can do everything. Yep. Let the National Predators in scoring. The entire team in scoring yep. as a defenseman. That's nuts. Um, but, you know, good for Roman Yossi. He's been kind of, he was for a while a low-key, you know, like, you know, everyone, you know, pay attention. He's underappreciated. Like, he's the next big deal. And then I think it really took for once Weber was traded and Suter walked away in free agency, all eyes were on Roman Yossi, and everyone was like, aha, he is this mm -hmm. good. And, um he probably won, you know, the Norris this season. Um, I remember for years the Flyers were rumored to be in trade talks with Nashville to always try and get Yossi. And I was like, please, please yeah. let it happen. 
and Nashville, rightfully so, has held on to him. Oh, he's a um, franchise guy. Oh, I think he plays his entire his entire career for the Predators. Yeah. Um, he is one of my favorite players to watch in the league. He is so good. He reminds me a lot of Nick Lidstrom you yep. know, with how he moves the puck mm-hmm. um, and the way he is in his own zone. Um, and he's overall just a, and he's like a good guy off the ice. So like you don't you don't hear anything bad about Roman Yossi or Swiss guys in general. Um, yeah. They just have their chocolate and their vodkas <laughs> and they are okay. Um, so yeah, I, I mean nothing more to say about Roman Yossi. Love the pick. Um, up against two other stellar nominees, and um, I just think the league got it right, or not the league, but the voters got it right. Yes, well said. And like you just said, uh, in some good company. With other nominees, just a top. I mean, I'll rattle off the top five defensemen here that got uh, top five voting at least. Uh, Brosi, number one, the award winner. Um, number two, John Carlson from the Caps. Number three, Victor Hedman from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Number four, Alex Petrangelo from the Blues. And number five was Jacob Slavin from the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Ivan Provorov finishing tied for 17th with two votes um but hopefully that'll soon change in these next uh few years as he's definitely making a name for himself um um, to add on to the one thing is i was convinced matt that this year john carlson was going to win the award with how good he was yes um so yossi wayne was a pleasant surprise well said um so that does it for the nhl awards from here um the only award that's left to be given out awards are the Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe, and that has yet to be that's yet to be determined. Um, TPD. Yes, but before we end tonight, we do have a couple more things. We have a jersey watch for the first time in a while. <laughs> so uh, watch out for these. The Ottawa Senators are throwing it back to their retro 2D logo. Love it. Um, Absolutely love it. Yes. Big fan. Um, It was announced on, was it Monday or Tuesday? Monday with the most boring press release ever. Yeah. The most Eugene Melnick thing possible. Anyway, um, aside from them arguably botching the announcement, um, they did unveil their new primary logo, which is the old 2D Senators logo. If you haven't looked it up, look it up. It's great. But... Um, they will be revealing their new jerseys on October 6th. So Jersey Watch is in effect once they come out. Um, look out leaks for it leaked any day. True. Um, if it leaks or when the official release comes out, we'll wait until it's official. Because like we said earlier, we want to be accurate. We don't yes. want to necessarily yes. be first. So, But if it leaks and there's legit people talking about it, we'll just say, hey, this is real. So we'll go from there. But look out on next week's podcast. Uh, next week? What's next Tuesday? Let me check my ch- calendar here next quick. Next Wednesday. So, oh yeah, that's two weeks from now. Yes. So, on October 6th, we'll, we'll give our thoughts on uh, either hot or not for the... The outcome of Jersey Watch for hopefully the, they're Fuego because they the senators be the senators new threads. First time in a while we've had some new jerseys, I think. Yeah, um, a couple of teams have made like the the Canucks made minor adjust, adjustments to their jerseys that they used this season from last season, um, and a couple other teams have made like cosmetic changes where they've like changed their glove color layout, like the the Jets added that like that. Um, yeah. 
almost that like electric blue. They put it yep. on the cuff with silver logoing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of teams have done smaller things like that. Yeah. But we haven't really seen like a full scale like oh uniform change hot off the press. I was gonna say we've seen a uniform reveal with the Kraken, but yes, they haven't changed it. They so haven't changed their away uniform yet. Yes, but the Kraken have some unreal options for a third jersey too. Oh. Oh boy. They're already starting out on fire with their jersey. Oh yeah. So. But we'll stay with the Senators here for um for another topic. Um there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking in these next couple weeks or so with the NHL with players um possibly getting traded, um going to free agency, getting signed to new teams. So we're going to possibly see a lot of new faces and new places. Um again sticking with Oh sorry. Go I do ahead. have another jersey watch thing. Didn't did do not notice two jerseys that we love are the Calgary Flames with their retro unis. Yes. It's been well speculated in the and the Flames have changed all their social media logos and banners to mm-hmm. involving their retro logo or retro uniforms. So Twitter is amongst speculation that the Flames are going back to having their home and road uniforms be their retros, which I fully a- approve and support. Yes, I am 100% behind that as well. I'm all I'm here for the retroness. I'm always here for retros. Even though that's not a word, I am here for the retroness. Except for the Flyers. I mean, it's okay, but the Chrome <laughs> logo. Well, the Chrome logo jersey, like it's nostalgic, but I'm like, oh maybe man. Give me that 3D logo again. <laughs> but sorry to derail. We can get we can get back on track now. Uh, that's all right. Um so back to the Senators, back to Ottawa. Um, a long-time staple of the Senators will not be offered a contract by the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goaltender Craig Anderson, uh, it was announced, again, will not be offered a new contract by the Senators, as, when, as was announced by their GM uh, earlier today. Um, from NHL.com, the 39-year-old goalie was 11-17-2 with a 3.25 GAA and a .902 save percentage in 34 games this season, um, and 202, 168, and 46 with a combined 2.84 GAA, goals against average, and .914 save percentage and 28 shutouts in 435 games throughout 10 seasons with the Senators. Uh, like I said, um so will the be Senators coming- for 10 years? Yes. Holy crap. Yep. But uh, he'll become an unrestricted free agent on October 9th to start a free agency and is the first senator in history. He's first in senator's history in wins and second in shutouts, two behind uh, former goaltender Patrick Laleem. Ooh, throwback. So, fun fact. Here we go. Some Flyers tie-ins. Uh, Anderson was acquired in a trade with the Colorado Avalanche for goalie Brian Elliott on February 18th, yep. 2011. And Elliott absolutely sucked for the Avalanche. Yes. <laughs> he was bad. <laughs> yep. Um, but we did have a couple, we did have some heartfelt um, moments, I guess, for lack of better terms, with Anderson. Uh, he won the Masterton Trophy. Um, in 2016-2017, when he had to take several leaves of absence to be with his wife, who was diagnosed mm-hmm. with, uh, a, I can't even pronounce the scientific name for this, but it's a rare form of throat cancer. 
Um, the day after Game 7 of the conference final that year, he learned that his wife was cancer-free. Love it. Um, but, I mean, he's a guy where, like, he's been around for what feels like forever now. And, yeah. like I said, a mainstay in Ottawa, but it's obviously time for him to find a new home at this point. I mean, he's been in the league, I feel like, for almost... He's played for the the Senators, the Blackhawks, the Panthers, and the Avalanche. Yep. Yeah, he was um, drafted in 01. Yeah, I mean, he's been almost he's been a professional athlete for almost 20 years. Yes. So if this is the end of the road for Craig Anderson, congrats. Excellent career. Not always the best goalie, but always a guy you could root for. Like Anderson was weird, and it was almost scientific with how this was. He'd have one year where he was like, he should be a Vesna finalist. And then he had the next year, he'd be like, he's one of the worst goalies, if not the worst goalie in the league. And all of a sudden, the next year, Vesna goalie. Next year, hot garbage. Next year, Vesna. Next year, hot garbage. Yeah. Um, so, and, and you never knew what you're going to get, but it was always, he alternated between being really good or really bad. He could, ne- he could never find that consistency to always be a good goalie, which I think definitely hurt him at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he definitely eventually did find a home with the Sounders, and, you know, he's on the leaderboards for their stats with goaltending. So if this is it for Craig Anderson and he does retire, one hell of a career, enjoy your um, your your retirement. But, you know, there are teams, if he still wants to play, and you get Craig, if, if this happens to be the year where he's a good year, Mm-hmm. You can get a one year old, a one year contract signed at pretty good, to, close to league men or a million bucks, and he can be a good, you know, mentor for a young goalie. Or if he, or if you need someone to fill in and be a steady Eddie in the pipes, he might be able to fill in. Well said. Um, and then going on to another topic here, I, I don't have this in front of me, but I was seeing a lot of speculation on Twitter the other day about it. Um, is it? Miko Koivu on the yes. wild, yeah. Miku, yes. But um, there's younger rumors, brother of Saku. Yes, there's rumors that he will not be re-signing in Minnesota. No longer rumors. Can confirm. Oh, Bill really? Garrett, Bill Garrett, GM of the Wild, came out and said they are not re-signing Miko Koivu. There we go. We're not first, so, but we're right. Hey, you know, we, we I saw it out there on the Twitterverse, and you know, Miko Kivu. Miko Koivu's been, you know, he's been the Minnesota Wild for years. Yes. Um, and it sucks they never got to win a championship, but that's what happens when you decide you stay with the white brand of hockey for so long. So well said. I, I really don't I really don't think anyone takes a shot at him this year. I mean, no. he, sounds like he can still play, but I just think he's too old and he's you know, I don't think he's I don't think you can keep up with the pace of the league anymore. Mm-hmm. And you don't want someone like that being on your fourth line. Yeah. Cause I don't think he's, I don't really think he's a top six forward anymore on, on a legit contending team. He's not a top, he's not even a top nine forward. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, and you know, it, it sucks. He had such a long and great career for the wild. And he's yes. there. I believe he's like the longest tenure captain in wild history. Like he's like, his number will probably be retired by the wild. If it isn't that, that's that, that is a farce. Blasphemy. Complete straight up <laughs> utter blasphemy. But from there we go from, um, a player not resigning to a GM signing or a GM hiring. Um, 
The Arizona Coyotes have a new GM in Bill Armstrong, as was announced on Tuesday. Um, according to NHL.com again, um, he was hired, actually he was hired last Thursday. Sorry, this is a little bit older. Anyway, news, newer news to us and for the people out there that may not know. Um, he was, what am I trying to say here? I'm lost right now. Hold on. Uh, here we go. He was the assistant GM under John Chaika for three seasons with the Coyotes. And then Chaika obviously quit suddenly uh, in late July. Um, but just a little bit from Armstrong's background. Uh, he started with the St. Louis Blues as an amateur scout in 2004. And in 2010 was promoted to director of amateur scouting. He was named assistant GM in 2018, and the Blues won the Stanley Cup the following year. Um, during his playing career, he was a defenseman selected by the Philadelphia Flyers uh, in the mm. third round of the 1990 draft, but never played in the NHL. He played nine seasons in the AHL and the IHL, the International Hockey League, retiring in 1999. Um, and then his time in the Flyers organization allowed him to meet Rick Tockett, who is the head coach of the Coyotes. Um, so, again, we have a, what is it, six six shades of the Philadelphia Flyers? Something yeah. like that? Yeah, right. So, um, more, more people around the league going to other places with some sort of Flyers roots. And knowing the Flyers' luck, they'll probably do better. But maybe not after the Coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, all in all, the Coyotes have a new GM. He has a nice track record, and he's looking to get them back on track. Yeah, I feel like it's a good signing. Uh, the Coyotes' ownership went with a very analytics-heavy, unproven um, guy who's my age and John Chaka. And um, I think it definitely set the... Um, you know, I'm not trying to trash on analytics here, but his approach on how the team should have been built and their drafting philosophies, I feel like they missed on a lot of prospects. And um, just they set up the team really poorly. Um, and now you're hearing money that they're not money, but you're hearing rumors that you know they can't play their players' bonuses on time. They're looking, they can't afford to play their pay their current players. They're trying to shop Darcy Kemper, who was fantastic for them this past season. Um, you hear they're they're even looking to trade Phil Kessel. Mm -hmm. um, they're wondering if they're going to be able to pay. Um, the extension to one of their star young forwards, and why am I blanking on his name right now? He's a USA kid, played with Matthews at the U.S. National Development Program. Clayton Keller? Yes. Well, I, I don't know why I forgot Clayton Keller's name, but now they're worried, like, are we going to be able to pay Clayton Keller? OEL is on the trade block. So this GM's got his hands full, and he's not walking into an easy, in, into an easy situation. Arizona doesn't have their first and their first, second, and third round picks, I believe, this year because of their tax for cheating. Mm -hmm. So, uh, good luck, Armstrong. You're off to a very, very hot start, and uh, Godspeed. <laughs> um, you're gonna need it. You're gonna need all yeah. the help you're gonna get. True. Um, and this this only fuels the fire too of people saying, "Why haven't the Coyotes relocated yet?" Yeah. And you keep on hearing all this stuff, you know, um, and there's other markets in the U.S. and in Canada that could use a team, especially you just don't even have to, you could keep them out West. 
or yes. even in the central time zone. Um, so I personally think hot take. It's only a matter of time till Kansas City gets a team. Is because I mean, the, the the Yotes are already moving to the central division once the Kraken come in. If you relocate the Yotes to Kansas City, there's another natural rival for the St. Louis Blues. Oh. And even the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh. Spicy meatballs there. <laughs> so. We'll see. Um, but with that being said, we'll move on to our last. Uh, we have uh, we have a pretty eventful day here in NHL history, September 23rd. Um, I'll run through these quick because they are some. They're they're pretty fun and they're interesting tidbits. Um, so again, on this date in history, September 23rd in 1992, um, Manon Reum became the first woman to play in any of the major North American sports Isn't leagues. Isn't it Reno? No, I believe it's pronounced Reum. Oh, I could be wrong. It's French. Yes. Um, I looked up the pronunciation just to do her some justice. Uh, okay. You are the educated one on this podcast. <laughs> I believe it's Rayum. If I messed that up, I'm sorry, Manon. Um, but anyway, she was the first woman to play in any of the major North American sports leagues when she suited up for the goal for as a goalie. She was a goalie and is a goalie. She played goalie for the first year Tampa Bay Lightning in a preseason game against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, she allowed goals by Jeff Brown and Brandon Shanahan on nine shots in the first period, which ended in a 2-2 tie. Um, her appearance attracted tremendous attention for the Lightning, one of two teams that joined the NHL back in the 92-93 expansion season. Um, she also appeared in one period of a preseason game against the Boston Bruins and played 24 games for a number of men's minor league teams. Um as a Canadian, French Canadian, uh, she helped Canada win the silver medal in women's hockey at the 98 uh, Nagano Olympics and gold at the 92 and 94 IIHF, IIHF Women's World Championship. So, uh, a very well decorated women's goaltender. Um, yes. Any thoughts on that before I move on? No, just great, really cool time in hockey history. <laughs> you know, you pretty much covered everything. She actually no free ads, but she just was an interview on Chicklets a couple weeks ago, and it was a very yeah. good interview. Yeah, I've, I still have yet to listen to that, but I definitely will. Um, it is well worth a listen. On our on to our next moment in 1991, forwards or not forward forward and defenseman uh, Mike Bossy and Dennis Potman heard of them. Uh, two cornerstones of the New York Islanders dynasty Ooh. of the early 80s um, were among. Uh, five players inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, so congrats to them on the anniversary of their induction. Uh, yeah, yeah, but congrats, Blue Islanders. <laughs> um, on to 2011, more recent. Um, the greatest American-born NHL player of all time, Mike Madano. Uh, fun fact: we share a birthday. Um, signs. Know a one-day contract with the Dallas Stars. Coincidentally, they're in the Stanley Cup final right now. Um, before announcing his retirement from the NHL. Um, again, he's the league's all-time leader in goals and points among U.S.-born players and retired after spending 20 of his 21 NHL seasons with the Stars slash Minnesota North Stars uh, before finishing his career by playing with the Detroit Red Wings. 
Uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame three years later in 2014 and was also named to the 100 greatest NHL players. Rightfully so. Well said. Short and sweet. Um, and now... His wrist shot was impeccable. And speaking of wrist shots, I don't know, Matt, if you saw the highlight reel, but I just saw the highlight reel of Stamkos' goal. Oh, yeah. And it's a goal you think Steven Stamkos would score. Yes. So everyone, when you listen to this, if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. <laughs> I command you to. Listen to me. Well said. Um, and then lastly, back in 2017, something that we probably won't see for a while because of the pandemic, uh, the LA Kings swept the 2017 NHL China games by defeating the Vancouver Canucks 4-3 to in a shootout at Wuxong Arena in Beijing. Um, an audience of 12,759 fans saw Johnny Brodzinski of the Kings score the deciding goal in the second of the two-game series, uh, which also marked the first time NHL games have played have been played in China and most likely won't be played there anytime soon because of the world pandemic. Yes. So uh, that does it for Around the League, and also thank you to NHL.com, as usual, for giving us all our information and Fantastic giving us these, source. these fun facts for uh, a nice historic day in NHL history. I believe I saw another fun fact for kind of like junior history, uh, Canadian goaltender Shannon Sabados, I think that on this day, 19 years ago, played a... Uh, played it in a whl game Ooh. i'm blanking on the team but she posted it on her instagram profile so that's Actually, kind of... um we can i think this has been officially announced i forgot about this we can just touch on this quick but um they announced on at least i was seeing on twitter the other day too the world juniors are going to be played yes as planned but they will be played in the edmonton bubble with yes no fans. This... This season, um, coming December, January, we'll have World Juniors Hockey in Edmonton, Alberta. And then I believe the plan is for next year to be in Calgary and Red Deer with fans. And then they were supposed to be in Europe this season. Yeah. And then they're going to go to the town that was supposed to host this year two years from now. Uh, You lost me. So the, t- the city that was supposed to host this current season that Edmonton is now getting in the bubble with no fans. We'll yes. be getting the World Juniors in 2022-23. Gotcha. So here, we're going to It was supposed to be in Switzerland, I think, this year, and that same town's getting it two years from now. Gotcha. We can end on this, though. So I was thinking about this, um, hearing about the World Junior news. Wouldn't it be nice to have the World Juniors going on in the midst of the start of the next NHL season, possibly. I don't think that'd they be would, nice. It's I don't already hot. Let them overlap, though. I mean, they have in the past. When it's whenever it's been in the you know in the U.S. or Canada yeah. around the holidays, because you're having the same game times as NHL games, and they you know, always get broadcast on the NHL Network or you know TSN up in Canada. Um, which I always try to find because their broadcasters are so much better than the ones that Angel Network gets. Uh, yeah. Sorry, not sorry, Angel Network. Um, but that'd be really cool. I just think with how late the Cup Final is going, um, and the fact that you, the NHL still needs to figure out how they're going to be playing next season, I think we're not looking at the NHL returning until mid-January. 
that's probably a, a good call. Yeah, but, and then they're probably going to have to go till June or July. Yeah. Of next well, year. Guess, so we're cool, gonna... that's, be- that's better than September. That's very true. So, and we'll, I mean, again, like we said, it, we come first, full circle here where at this point we're just here for the ride. What's funny now is, is Matt, coming up on my Facebook memories, we were going to Flyers preseason games yeah, for I this that season too. that they are still trying to finish. <laughs> so, a year ago. Oh, my God. Uh, the world is a dumpster fire COVID-19. right now, but at least we have some hockey to watch. Yes, sir. But with that, I think we're going to call it a wraps, right? Yeah. Unless we, we can just think of something. Unless we can think of yeah. something else last second to talk about. Nope, I'm all good, my man. And we said we were going to keep it short, and we're only 15 minutes shorter than our last couple podcasts. That's so, right. overachievers. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Um. But with that, we will be back next week. Who knows? We could have a Stanley Cup champion. Hopefully not, because we want seven games out of this. Everyone keep on watching. If anyone, want, if anyone wants to hop on next week, either let myself or Matt know. We will gladly accept your invitation. Um, just because it just adds one more person to the fun. With that, everyone keep on staying safe. Stay healthy. Enjoy Oktoberfest, which we're in the middle of, but enjoy it responsibly. Um, and good night and good hockey.